Welcome to Manager Tools, a Hall of Fame cast, How to Turn Down a Job Candidate. Mark is on vacation this week, so today we're publishing a Hall of Fame cast. Now, we've been telling you all year long just how hot the job market is, and hiring's difficult. That doesn't mean you should drop your standards, and if you don't, you're going to be rejecting unsuitable candidates. So, we're providing this Hall of Fame cast to help you do it well when you have to do it. Now, it's from some time ago. Um, originally, as published, it was two parts, so we're mashing the two together. So there may be a, some artifacts associated with kind of taking two casts and putting them together. So I hope you'll forgive us for that. There you go. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back next week with the second part of negative feedback pushback examples. Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to turn down a job candidate. Part one. Here we go. At the end of uh, the interviewing process, for those who you are not going to hire, there's kind of one last and surprisingly difficult step for some managers to tell people that you won't be offering them. It's one of my least favorite parts of the interviewing process, perhaps second only to interviewing candidates who are not qualified for the job <laughs> right. or who are not good at interviewing. Well, it's, it's particularly hard because you're trying to get as many candidates as possible. And if you're doing many of the things that we suggest in terms of phone interviews and screening people down, by the time you, you bring people into interview, hopefully you've, you've got a list of people that are really, really good. And unfortunately, you only have one position. And, you know, those are the ones that are difficult for me, which is you have a, just a great, a great candidate. And I just happen to have another candidate that just seems is just a little bit better. And you still have to say no, it just... It's awful. Yeah, it's not fun. And, and managers, uh, because it's harder than it kind of seems at first, uh, some managers, a lot of managers do it, frankly, pretty pretty poorly. And there's, there's a right way to do it. And um, we're going to talk about that today. I think probably the biggest sin is the delay in doing it. It's just putting it off and putting it off. I mean, I'll be, I'll be candid. I know I have delayed notifying candidates because it's uncomfortable, you know, at this point you may have established somewhat of a relationship with a person and it feels awkward. And because we don't do it a whole lot, most of us as managers, right? We're just not good at it. So yeah, there's all kinds of things, but I, I think that the biggest mistake and, and we're going to address this in the cast, right? Mike is just putting it off. Yeah, um, exactly. Is the biggest part. So, so we're going to walk you through uh, how to do it right. And five things that we're going to cover. Number one, one the, the one I just referred to, you're obligated to notify the candidate of your no decision expeditiously, quickly, sooner rather than later. Right. Well, and, and folks, I guess you're making an assumption in, the, in that point is that people understand that they have to actually tell the person no. Like not hearing back is not the same thing as a no. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, that that happens quite a bit too. Which it does. We don't We don't tell the person no. They just are left holding the bag, hanging for a long time. So yeah, we have to tell them no, and we have to tell, tell them quickly. Great. Point two we're going to talk about, you can wait for an acceptance before notifying a declined candidate. Point three, you can rule out candidates before you make a hire. Four, be simple and direct when you inform them. Don't beat around the bush. And five, you can offer feedback, but you don't have to. So number one, we've, we've already kind of talked about this. You are obligated to let the candidate know and to do it quickly. So many of us, when it comes to the choices we make as manager, as managers, 
we really ought to ask ourselves, how would we want to be treated if we were on the receiving end of this process? That goes to the heart of so much of what we teach folks uh, here at Manager Tools and and uh, the guidance that we offer is just putting yourself in the, that other person's shoes, right? Right. If you ask that question, 99.9% of the time, you'll come up with a great answer. And then the question will be, oh, well, that's hard. <laughs> well, okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, choose the harder right over the easier wrong. Right? That's right. As Mark often says, don't wish for it to be easy. Wish for the strength to do it, right? There you go. I mean, if Wendy was doing this cash, she could tell you, we get so many emails from people who say, hey, I've gone through the interview process. I'm following up. I'm not hearing anything. It's been weeks. I'm, they're not telling me anything. Does that mean it's a no? Everybody says the same thing. If you're not going to offer me the job, please, I just want to know about it. And I'd rather know sooner rather than later. I mean, that's, that's what people tell us over and over again. And there's so much frustration from candidates around this. You know, why are they not telling me? If it's a no, I, it's okay. I just want to hear. Right. Um, you know, candidates will say, hey, if there's a chance that I'm going to be considered, then I want to stay in the running. But if you're not going to make me an offer, if I'm out of the running, then just tell me that quickly. I mean, you just think about the other candidate. If they're looking for jobs, it's possible they're interviewing with other folks other than you. And they're probably not going to tell you about it, right? right? So if they really want to come work for you and your answer is a no, well, do them the courtesy of letting them off the hook so they can entertain other offers they may have. They may have one, another, another firm that they're putting off waiting for an answer from you. And I tell you what, that would be an unfortunate situation where you knew for two weeks that they were a no, that you were not going to make them an offer. They were talking to another firm. They put off or even didn't accept an offer from another firm hoping for you. And then they find out later that you knew two weeks ago. Now Ugh, they, now they don't have the job with you and they don't have the job with their second choice firm, which was probably acceptable. That's awful. That's not fair. Yeah, not, that is not right. Not right at all. And they need the, they need to have the, the time and the bandwidth and some of that psychic energy to focus on those other opportunities right? If they're interviewing with other companies and they're doing follow-up, them following up with you, that's just time and energy that they're not putting into other opportunities where they're still in the running. So it's just not fair to do that to people. So the standard is simple. When we know that we're not going to make an offer to a candidate, we are obligated to communicate that to them quickly, as quickly as is reasonable. And seriously, we can't think of any situation that would justify a manager not making that phone call the day the decision is made. That's right. That's our standard for as quickly as possible. There you go. Yeah, right. Like immediately. As immediately. Soon as you know. And I think we're going to address this on our second point. It's to be clear that the fact that they are not going to be your number one choice is not the same as you will not make them an offer. If you have two candidates, for example, candidate A and candidate B, and you decide to offer candidate A, Simply because you're going to offer candidate A doesn't mean you have to turn down candidate B yet because candidate A could say no, right? Right. And if you had decided that if candidate A said no, you were going to offer to candidate B, then you can wait. Now, if candidate A says no, you are not going to offer candidate B, then you should have already told the candidate B that you are not going to offer, Right. Right. It's, again, it goes back to the first the first thing we said, which is as soon as you've made a decision that you're not going to make somebody an offer, then you notify them. 
But if you haven't decided to not make them an offer because their offer is contingent on another candidate, then you don't have to tell them you're not going to make them an offer because you haven't indeed decided to not give them an yeah, offer. You haven't ruled that candidate B yet. It's contingent on what, what candidate A says. Right. Once candidate A does accept, then your very next phone call has to be to candidate B to let them know that they're not getting an offer. But until then, if candidate B is still in the running, is still in the game, then you can wait. Yeah. And folks, <laughs> we try to be ethical and professional managers. It doesn't mean being stupid, right? So don't do this to yourself. It's perfectly appropriate and professional to wait until you've heard back from candidate A before communicating with candidate B. Great. Okay. And I think we're going to have some future some future guidance, Mike, around how to handle two, van, uh, two viable candidates. So yes. Stay tuned for that. Okay, great. So point three is you can rule candidates out before you make a hire. So that example aside that we just talked about, of course, we don't have to wait until we get an acceptance to decline a candidate. Right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's the flip side of that coin with the last conversation. Absolutely. Because remember, our purpose in interviewing is not to pick the best candidate. That's so important, Mike. I really want to say it again because I hear so many managers and when I was a VP and I was managing directors, I would hear so many of them say, well, you know, this person is the best candidate. Wait a minute. We don't want to accept the best candidate. What are you suggesting? We, we accept the worst candidate? I don't, it's, that's, you're, you're, you're confusing me. Go yeah. slow. Talk to me like I'm a golden retriever or, <laughs> or like a small a child. <laughs> We don't interview to pick the best candidate. We interview to determine whether any of the candidates meet our standards for the job. Okay. Okay. So they have to be above the line, so to speak. So it's possible you'd interview a bunch of people and hire nobody. Right. And we don't just take the best person, right? The, the best of the worst. No. We offer the person who best meets our requirements for the role that we're interviewing for or hiring for. So only if we have more than one candidate above the line, do we then choose who we're going to offer to. That's so right. said another way, if a candidate doesn't get above the line, and please remember the purpose of the interview is to rule someone out. It is not to help us hire. Then we turn them down. As soon as we know. Yeah. As soon as they're not above the line, we rule them out and, and we've ruled them out. And so therefore we tell them. We don't wait until the process is done to tell a candidate they've been ruled out. The moment we know that we're not going to pursue them, we tell them so. So a lot of organizations, I think, probably have multiple steps in the interviewing process. There might be an initial phone interview followed by an in-person interview or multiple in-person interviews. And I can tell you, I had many experiences where I did that initial phone interview. And as soon as that phone interview was done and I knew this person did not meet my standards, based on what I wanted to hear from that initial interview, then I called them and told them. Although this, the hiring process was still going on and I was still interviewing other people, I knew that that person was not going to be a candidate. They were not going to be in the running. Right. And so you don't wait for another. And, and sometimes that process would take six to eight to 10 weeks. And it had been, if I had waited until that process was done, then that person is sitting there waiting for two months. No. As soon as I knew I'm not bringing this person forward to the next step, they're not um, continuing, they're not above the line, then you let them know. Right. And folks, if, if you're feeling some discomfort with that idea, then you probably need to go back and, and re-listen to what Danny said about 
why we interview. We interview people to to rule them out, not, not to hire them, right? The purpose is not to get the best of the worst or the best of the candidates. It's to get somebody who's going to meet the standards. And if you feel you need to have that out, that you'd possibly offer to somebody who doesn't meet your standards, you need to go back and rethink that. That's that's yeah. a, uh, that's a recipe for pain later on. Frankly, having done both, it's a lot more pleasant to tell somebody no to an interview than it is to fire them nine months later. That's right. That's right. I can tell you, Mike, from doing um, the Effective Manager Conference, the majority of questions that I get from managers around non-performing directs or underperforming directs, I would say the vast majority of them, they did not hire those folks. Right? right, and now they're stuck with somebody else's bad hire. Yeah, um, which just really drives forward the home drives drives the point uh, home that the, the hiring is the most important thing we do as managers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so we dread telling the, the person no that we're not going to be offering them. So how do we do it? I mean, does it you know maybe like a thirty minute speech and tell them how great <laughs> Gosh, they no. are and wander <laughs> around, just kind of meander like 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 I am right now. <laughs> or should we be direct and simple? A meandering journey through the meadow? Yes. Exactly. No. That's what they want. That's, of course, what they want. Be let down easy. We are going to be direct and simple. So I think after the first um, mistake that most of us make of putting it off, this is probably the second, the second place where so many of us drop the ball. Right? Is first, we just don't let them know. We just leave the candidate in limbo. And guys, to be clear, just because this was done to you doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Yeah, true. Do not, yeah, do not visit. That's generally not a good standard for effective management practices. No. When I read that in the show notes, Mike, there's, there's a little part of me that kind of says, really? We have to say that? But then I think back and I know I've heard many managers say, well, you know, that's that's how I was hired or right. that's what happened to me. Yeah, it's, it's one of the advantages or privileges of being a manager is you get to be lazy and do unprofessional things and get away with it, right? We, yeah. I've earned the right to be unprofessional. Well, no, clearly, clearly not. No, there's, yeah, there's some sense of, well, that must just be how it's done because that's how it was done to me. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the, it's okay to do it that way. I think there's probably some of that, but even if people say that, I think, it's just a way of being lazy. Like if you ask them, they know, they know it's that's not, not right. the right, the right thing. Cause I think most of us inherently know that it is not a good thing to visit upon others. This mistake that was done to you when you are on the receiving end of it, yeah, right? Absolutely. Or to say it another way, let me, let me just be direct. Don't visit this mistake on others after you hated being on the receiving end of it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And our listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't fit into the category of somebody who thinks this way, clearly. Absolutely. Once you have made the decision, make the phone call and make it quickly. That's right. You've got to make a phone call. Wait a minute. Well, you know, like I've been conversing with this person, you know, fairly regularly on email. I could do that very, very quickly. So why, why not email? No, you cannot decline a candidate by email. And to be clear, if you can't decline by email, then you surely cannot decline by text message or instant message or direct message or Facebook post or any of those, you know, you don't get to tweet them. You don't get to send them a private message on Twitter. I'm glad you said direct message on Twitter. I was just thinking you might just actually just kind of tweet it to the world or decline them on their Facebook page. That'd be pretty awesome. 
No, phone call. I'm sure it's been done. Folks, if anybody knows of that having happened, just please send that to me so I can just put it in my my little um, folder of bad things that people do. But I'm sure it's been done. How bad would that be? Oh, my God. It reminds me of a recent article that I read, Mike, about dating and about breaking up with somebody by text message. And the article said how to break up with somebody by text message. Like it was teaching people how to break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend over text message, as opposed to do not break up with somebody over text message. That's not, that's just nuts. Yeah. And again, this nuts. is a relationship. You you have a relationship with this candidate and you're going to communicate with them, particularly when you're saying no in a way that shows them respect. And that's, over the phone. And not to make this seem self-serving, right? What we're, we've been, the perspective we've taken so far is, if we were them, what would we want? But it is self-serving in, 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 a, in a sense. We may not do it for this reason, but it is self-serving in the sense that when you're turning the person down, that doesn't mean they wouldn't, they wouldn't meet the standards for another position you may have. Right. Or a position in the future. Or a position a in the future as they grow and gather more experience. They also have relationships with other people that you may be interested in talking to at some point in the future. And in a lot of industries, it's a very small world and you don't want to become known as a manager who's unprofessional. And and I know people who've developed a reputation and people actively say like, you know, don't go interview with Jim. He's a, he's a jerk. He's going to, he's going to jerk you around. And on a larger scale, it also reflects very poorly on the organization. People might not say, don't go interview with Jim. He's a jerk. They might say, don't go interview with XYZ company. They're jerks. Yeah. Uh, And so you're really representing your your organization here. And you don't want to um, be the contributing factor to your organization not having a good reputation in your community. Yeah. Can you give me a couple examples of how it might sound if I were to call somebody up? Yeah. So here's what it might sound like. Hi, Roberto. I'm calling to let you know we won't be making you an offer. There was a lot that I really liked about our interactions, and we've decided to choose someone else who is a better fit for us. I know this isn't good news, but I also know you would not want me to wait. I wish you well in your search and in the future. Here's another example. Hi, Camille. This is Danny Martin. I'm calling with less than great news, unfortunately. We won't be making you an offer. I'm sorry to say you're just not a fit for us right now, but I do wish you very well in your search and I hope you land in a great place. Yeah. I noticed that you didn't start off with a bunch of chit chat. You kind of got to it pretty quickly. Yeah. Do not start the call by doing a little bit of brief chatter. If you can't make yourself not do so, about as far as you might want to go to say is something like, Roberto, how are you? I'm well, thanks. And unfortunately, I'm calling to let you know etc. Or, Camille, this is Danny Martin. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm calling with less than great news, unfortunately. That's really about the extent of the chatter or, or chit chat, I should say, not chatter, that we would recommend. This is the moment when the candidate hears it's you, right? They know that it's you calling. They're expecting that you're calling with some news. And so the fact that they're expecting that makes them tend to be a little bit more chatty. And after a couple of moments of back and forth, the air just becomes heavy with portent. I mean, it's just, it's the 800 pound gorilla in the room uh, that they're waiting to hear. And if you're calling to tell them no, and they think that you're dreading it and you're extending the chit chat to avoid saying it, then 
it's going to come across that you're just not as confident in your decision and that maybe you feel a little guilty about it. Uh, it just makes it very dramatic. It makes the whole conversation dramatic. Uh, and the conversation is already fairly dramatic for the candidate because this is their career and their livelihood. And you don't need to make that drama any worse. So we recommend if you can just avoid avoid the chit chat altogether. Right. When Danny was giving us an example, she didn't sound mean or curt or anything like that. Right. We're not saying don't be friendly. Right. We're just saying be direct. You can decline somebody and, and have a smile on your voice and a, a laughing is probably not the right, you know, like a, a chuckle. Like I often say when giving feedback chuckle, I'm not suggesting you chuckle. That's not going to come across well, but you can, you can be friendly and well-wishing and have a little bit of a concern in your voice, whatever. Warmth. I would describe it as warmth. warmth. That's a great word yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Warmth. You're not ordering your dinner. <laughs> you're, <laughs> right. You're, right. De you're delivering some unpleasant news. So Direct, but with some care, I think, yeah, is, how okay. I was, is how I always try to think of it when I've made those phone calls. Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to turn down a job candidate. Part two. Here we go. This next piece, Mike, might surprise some people. We do say that you can leave a voicemail. Because there's some urgency, it's perfectly appropriate to leave a voicemail. If you call somebody, you know, hey, Roberto, this is Danny Martin, give me a call. It's surprisingly hard to do that when you know the outcome, but they don't, right? It's really hard to leave that voicemail. And you'll know that the first time you try to leave that voicemail. The way you try to leave that voicemail, knowing that it's bad news, it's hard to do that without that, this isn't good news coming through in the voicemail. Right. Yeah, they know it. <laughs> yeah. Even worse... Try exchanging voicemails back and forth with a candidate who's out of the running but doesn't know it yet. You're going to hear increasing anxiety in their messages to you and increasing frustration. And I think, I know for me, the few times when I did it this way and I left, left voicemails to say, call me, and the person called me back and I was playing phone tag, there was some frustration in my, in my end too. Yeah. Um, and that just usually ends poorly. It does. Now... Some people are going to think this is cold or callous. What would you say to those, those folks? Yeah, I would disagree. I would say since job searches inherently have a sense of urgency, it's the kind thing to do to call the person as soon as possible. And there is a bit of sting, yeah, with saying no. And that sting justifies the humanity of the call. But certainly it's not the cold urgency of a text or an email yeah, or other media that we've, that we've referred to. Yeah. Okay. A voicemail is going to sound obviously a little bit different. So how, what would a voicemail sound like that you'd be comfortable with? Okay. So here's, here's an example. Hi, Patricia. This is Danny Martin calling. Calling to let you know that we won't be making you an offer. I know that's hard to hear in a voicemail, but I thought it was better to give you the information quickly rather than risk playing phone tag or sending an email. You have a lot to offer, and unfortunately, you're just not a fit for us right now. I wish you all the best in your search. I like that. Now, interesting enough, you didn't leave a, a phone number, which is kind of common when you're leaving a voicemail. Right. And I, and I didn't also say, hey, give me a call back. If you don't leave a phone number or you don't request or suggest that they call you back, then there's an assumption that you don't need or want a call back. And personally, for me, 
that was usually my preference. Um, we're going to talk next about offering feedback. That was something that I was not as good at. And so I tended to avoid it, rightly or right. wrongly. <laughs> um, but if you are willing to offer feedback, and we'll talk in a moment about how to do that, then leaving a number or suggesting that they return your call is totally appropriate. Right. There's really not a whole lot more to talk about. It's going to be an un- it's no. going to be an uncomfortable conversation, um, particularly if you get some pushback from them as to, well, why not me? And I mean, it happens occasionally. It's it, it it's does. not all that common, but it, it it does happen. It's a very it's that's when it gets to be terribly uncomfortable, and they want to know why and all that kind of stuff. And that's you know that's probably why Mike most of us put it off, right? Is we're afraid of what's they what are they going to say? What are they going to ask? Am I going to be put in a difficult situation and that's why I think we put it off to begin with. Let's just assume for a second that this person doesn't fit into the category of somebody we want to give feedback to necessarily. And so we haven't suggested that we want them to call back by leaving a phone number or by suggesting they return our call, but they call back anyways, right? So uh, we don't want to have this uncomfortable conversation. So how do we, how do we handle it? We didn't really want them to call us back. They called us back. What do you do, Danny? So what we do here is we do not answer their first call. We let their first call go to voicemail. This is one of the moments where you, we can all be grateful for the wonderful technology of voicemail. <laughs> and call, yeah, and <laughs> and call, call ID. our ID, right. right? And the reason for this is it allows you to assess their response to your declination. In other words, if they're respectful and appreciative, if they say something like, thank you so much for calling, I really appreciate it. I enjoyed interviewing with you and, you know, hope to continue talking with you about other opportunities or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's kind, respectful, appreciative for the opportunity. And then they politely ask for feedback that you're willing to give. Then feel free to call them back. Yeah. Or they just want to say thanks, right? Yeah. They just want to say thanks. I had a lot of people who, who called me and said, Hey, I just want to call and say, thanks for letting me know. I, you know, sad to say I had a lot of people call and say, I'm surprised that you called to let me know. Very few people do. In which case, then I'm happy. Then I don't mind calling that person back and saying something like, "Very nice of you to return my call. Thank you. Sorry things didn't work out this time. Please let's do keep in touch because you know there are always future opportunities here." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, you have an opportunity to develop a relationship with somebody who you said no to. I mean, it's just, and frankly. If you say no to somebody and they respond that in a positive, friendly, thankful manner to you for the opportunity just to interview with you, that, that's a good sign. That person. That's huge. That's, that's, you know, that person, they've just gone up in value. They're, yes, you know, they did. They, they're like, okay, this is somebody that I like to work with. Somebody who yeah. can be gracious when they get an answer they don't, they don't like. Want. I've had times where somebody handled the no so well that I actually thought maybe I made a mistake Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I certainly kept that person at the top of my list and I had enough openings that there were several times where I reached out to them four five six months later and said hey we have another opening which are you still interested there you go you never know you never know now frankly as much as I appreciate the folks that call back and who are thankful and appreciative for the opportunity those are not my favorite. The favorite ones are, for me, the ones that call back who are cruel and mean and uh, accusatory and all that kind of negative stuff. Because if I felt any guilt about saying no, like it's completely gone now. Now I'm going like, thank God I didn't hire yes. that person. And so th- to me, that's I, obviously I'm joking, folks. <laughs> that relieves me of whatever guilt I had. Now, 
if somebody is less than professional when they call you back, right? And it's clearly going to be a negative conversation. Do you feel any kind of obligation to call that person back? No, yeah, absolutely I not. I absolutely feel no obligation. And I'm with you, Mike. And when those instances have happened to me, it's kind of like put a little check in the, I made the right decision box. And it's always good to have more data to back up your decision. Yeah, absolutely. And and know that the person is not on the list for f any future opportunities. That's if, right. If you thought they might be. So, uh, and, and I've run lots of, well, lots. I've had several people in, in my years of management of who interviewed real well, and I thought they were good in the end. And I thought there might be an opportunity in the future, and they they proved me wrong almost immediately. And thank God. And sometimes people under duress and stress, they reveal their, their true nature. Um, absolutely. And it's good to know. Now, something occurred to me, like, as you're going through this, in this, the scene was somebody sees a, a voicemail, it's from you, they're expecting good news, so they call all their buddies in to the office to play the voicemail message, to share the, the good news that you've been offered this opportunity <laughs> <laughs> instead. Really? In instead. a million years, that would never occur to me to do, but okay. It could, right? You can see it, though. It could, it could, I it could happen. I can see it. It's shocking, but I okay. Is that my fault? Should I feel bad if I if, if I left? No, a, no, okay, okay, no. good. I didn't think so, right? I mean, I mean, if if you know, when you leave a voicemail, my thought is, I don't know if you agree, but my thought is, when I leave a voicemail, it's for the private consumption of the person whom I'm leaving it for. Yes. My expectation, I never think for a second that people are going to play voicemails out loud in an office where other people can hear. I don't know. Maybe people do that. So if somebody if somebody wants to to frankly be well I shouldn't say words like idiot but if they if they want to kind of less than smart less than smart <laughs> and do this I, I I don't see that as responsibility of me as the caller no and I would on, I would add on to that Mike that that concern is not a reason to not leave a voicemail well yeah good yeah good point. I didn't think it was a big deal but it did, it did occur to me so and probably it's courtesy to others. I'm sure it has. I'm sure you're not alone. So let's get to providing feedback to candidates who you said no to. Is it okay to offer feedback? And, it and is. one is it okay? So yeah, that's kind of a a no brainer probably. But are you required to? Do you have to provide feedback to somebody who wants it? That's not an obligation of us as as interviewers, right? No, there is no requirement to give a candidate feedback about how they did or why you didn't hire them. There's lots of good reasons for this. And a lot of experienced season managers will tell you, hey, I've tried to do it. And the responses I got were just so far beyond the pale that it's it becomes painful for you as a manager. It just extends the pain of having to tell somebody no. Responses like indicating that the hiring manager is wrong in their decision, uh, that they, meaning the candidate, does have that skill that you just tried to talk to them about, or that's not really what happened. And besides, it was a silly question anyway. <laughs> right. Things like that. Look, we, we've said this before. Mark said it on cast. I've said it. I mean, this this whole interviewing, is, it's, it's, it's an artificial thing. It's, it's like we have to make a hiring decision not having observed this person working. And so we go through this, this artificial exercise to try to ferret out whether the person has the skills, has, has actually engaged in the behaviors that we're looking for. And it's imperfect, right? One is 
there's some skill relative to us in terms of how well we can interview. Right. And there's some skill on their side in terms of how well can they translate the behaviors that they've engaged in successfully in the past and communicate that to us, right? That's right. That's it's important. And there's there's this, there's opportunities for miscommunication. And it's possible the person has the skill, but they weren't able to communicate it and we weren't able to get it out of them. And that's the way it is. And so it's very possible. They think they absolutely do think they have the skill and they may actually have it, but we're stuck with what we have. It's the best, you know, it's not a great process, but I don't know of any other better one, unfortunately. It's the best of all of the horrible processes. There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. So while you certainly can offer feedback, you don't have to. And if you don't want to, and you're asked, here's how you might want to respond. Something like this. That's not something I do, unfortunately. Hiring is a really tough choice. Often it's a subtle choice. And the distinctions between candidates can come down to degrees of ability. And often the degrees are very small. It's not as simple as one person is good and the other person is not. And so I found that communicating well about those distinctions is virtually impossible. Like I said, you have a lot to offer and we just don't see a fit right now. Right. Generally to that, they'll be stunned, right? You just get silence back. Yes. Okay. So folks, this is one of those cases where this, it happens, right? And you just have to be prepared for it. And there is nothing wrong. I would recommend you take what Danny said and you just memorize it. The idea that anybody listening to us would not have a two minute speech ready for the time that you get into an elevator with the CEO or your boss three levels up and she turns to you and says something and now you have two minutes worth of conversation. You should be thinking about that conversation before it occurs, right? Um, The fact that people don't think that way is beyond me, but this is another case. If you think you might get this kind of question or you might end up in this kind of opportunity, have your answer prepared ahead of time. Don't stumble. I think, Dan, I think yours was a great, great one. Just memorize that. That's a good yeah, place to practice start. Practice it. Practice saying it a couple of times. It'll sound much more uh, relaxed to you if you've said it a couple of times before uh, and, and natural to your own ear. Uh, and you'll be more confident in delivering it because you've said it out loud a couple of times. I'm going to write a book and it's called like the, the 130 second speeches to, for every manager to, to memorize. And then you just go through your entire management life just pulling from that 100, 100 <laughs> rote responses. Any question, any, que- any question somebody asks you, you have 100. You're like a politician. Just, <laughs> just say what you want to say, not, not what they're asking. Okay. So that's, that's the case where you don't want to give a person feedback. What about circumstances where you trust a candidate and you, and you want to provide some comments? Yeah, I can think of several times where, you know, I had somebody who was really close to being above the line. And again, you know, I thought in a year or two, maybe, or in a future organization that I'm going to be working for, because I may not be here in in this organization 10 years from now, or just, you know, this is somebody that I want to maintain a relationship with. And I see a lot of value that they could add, whether it's through me hiring them or not. And I'd like to try to help them get better. You know, some folks that maybe sometimes during the interview process, you just kind of really clicked with and you feel, and, and I know when I had that happen, I thought, you know, this is somebody that I can trust, that I can share some comments with them. And I think they can handle it. So again, if you're in a situation like that, you think that the person is trustworthy and can handle hearing some comments, hearing some feedback, practice saying it a time or two, and then give them some input. 
And if you're looking for specific guidance on how to deliver that feedback, if you decide to give it, the best guidance we have is in our podcast called You Did Not Demonstrate. Uh, And that's one of my favorite casts. And whether I plan on giving feedback to a candidate or not, prior to calling them to tell them no, I always go back to that cast and I identify one or two things that they did not demonstrate so that I have them at the top of my head. Uh, yeah. and can refer to them. Right. And I love that. And I tried to unsuccessfully, I think, uh, um, allude to that earlier, right? Which is, we're not saying you don't have or you can't do or something along those lines. It's you did not demonstrate, right? And yes. they have to demonstrate that during the interview. And the fact that they didn't is why you ruled them out. Right. You're not telling them that they don't have the skills or abilities. You're telling them they didn't demonstrate the skills or abilities, which again, it's harder for them to disagree with, right? If you say, well, you just didn't have the skills that we're looking for, they can debate that. But if you say you did not demonstrate this skill that is critical to this role, you're not saying they didn't have it. So there's less room there for yeah. them to uh, to argue with you. And it's useful information for them because if they do believe they have this skill, then if they want to be successful in the future, they're going to be able to take advantage of your of your input and think about how they could demonstrate that better. It is useful to them. And if you don't intend to give them something that's useful, then I can't imagine why you'd want to give them feedback or or input. Absolutely. So let's wrap it up. So we talked about five things when it comes to notifying a candidate that you're not going to be hiring them when you're going to be turning somebody down. Number one, you're obligated to notify a candidate of a no expeditiously, so quickly, the same day that you decide. Two, you can wait for an acceptance before notifying a declined candidate. Three, you can rule candidates out before you make a hire. Four, when you call them, be simple, direct, to the point. And yes, you got to call them. No text, no email. Number five, you can offer feedback, but you don't have to. This is the right way to do it, Mike. It's simple. It's professional. And we ought to do it in our decline, with our decline candidates as well as we would want to have had it done to us. I agree. That was the biggest thing for me to remember was if I was this person, would I want to know now or two weeks from now? I'd want to know now. That's awesome. Hey, thanks, Dan. I I love doing these podcasts with you. I learn something every single time. So thank you. I appreciate it. They're a lot of fun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Danny. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.